0: All right, well, open your Bibles, as I said, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going we're to open with a word of prayer, and we're going to dig into God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. Lord, we ask now as we go to your word that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Lord, I know that the chapter we're in this morning, there's a lot of confusion. What is the, what is the rapture? What is the second coming of Christ? Lord, I thank you that we're in this this text this morning, in perfect timing with what's going on around us in the world. It's good to know that you're in control, that you're a faithful God. And there's a day coming when you will snatch us all away. But Lord, until then, may we be faithful. So Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher, not the words of man, but the word of God would go forth with power. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I want to say hey to Brett. Uh, we noticed he, our whole, this side of the worship team wasn't here. Uh, pray for Brett. He hurt his back really bad, so he's laid up. God bless you, bro. We miss you. Uh, we pray for the rest of the folks that are out uh, ill and others who are just waiting um, to make sure, those who feel vulnerable with the, with the coronavirus. So we do safe space here. You can wear a mask. We don't require that you do, but we do ask that we just continue to do the safe spacing to care about each other. Amen? All right, so... Thessalonians quickly letter written to the church in Thessalonica by the Apostle Paul he had been there for only three weeks when he left the church uh, he got word back the church was doing well but they were suffering great persecution so the beginning of the chapter where there was all these distractions at Thessalonica was a church of a couple hundred thousand people that was on the ocean Uh, and so it was a city that was very pagan very lost very distracted sounds kind of like where we live can I get an amen And so he writes this letter to encourage them to, first of all, get their eyes back on Jesus. It's so easy to get distracted by everything that's going on in the world right now. We can be all caught up in everything else but the Lord, and we need to remember to get our eyes back on Him. He then also encouraged them about all the things they were doing well in the first few chapters. Now, last week, he exhorted them, okay, you guys are doing well, but here's some areas you need to be careful. if you were here last week, uh, we talked about this at length first thing he talked about was abstain from sexual immorality by the way that's a problem in the world today can I get an amen to that God created one man with one woman for a lifetime and the only person you should ever be intimate with is somebody you're married to can I get an amen to that okay so that was he encouraged them with that then he encouraged them that you know what you guys love each other but you could love each other more and then finally in last week's text he reminded them also not only that their brotherly love but also a call to live a holy life. So now we come to this morning's text. And he's going to turn and pivot completely because one of the questions the people in Thessalonica had, they were worried about people who had already died. See, they had been taught by the Apostle Paul that Jesus Christ is coming back. And because of that, they were worried that the people who had died had somehow missed it. Like Jesus is going to come back and they missed out because they died already. And you know what? He's going to talk at length in not only the rest of this book, but in a, a lot in 2 Thessalonians as well, about the rapture of the church. How many of you guys have questions about the rapture of the church? How many of you guys are unsure about exactly how that's going to take place? Well, I pray that at, when you leave here this morning, all those questions will be answered. That's my hope. Amen? So grab your outline. I tell the message, Jesus is coming again. Can I get an amen to that? Jesus is coming back. He's in control. He's on the throne. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding on our behalf right now. Praise God for that, and it's good that we don't just know about him. We know him. So the three points, and I tell the message, Jesus is coming again, but living every day in light of eternity. Every morning we ought to get up and think it could be today, and I want to live today in a way that honors the Lord if this is the last day I have to live for him. And so the three points are, number one, our unity with Jesus cannot be broken by death. Isn't that good to know? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We close our eyes on earth, we open them up in glory. Christians don't die, they just move to a much better neighborhood. Can I get an amen? And there's a joy and a blessing in knowing that there's nothing that will ever separate us from the love of God. Now, we'll talk about this in the text, but there are people that teach today that when Christians die, they just fall asleep. And then they wake up again at the rapture of the church. That's not biblical. It's just not biblical. The Bible says absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? And you're present with the Lord. You're not asleep. And we're going to clarify this whole thing about sleep that's mentioned in the text. The second point is Jesus is coming for us. In the twinkling of an eye, watch and be ready. The rapture is snatching the church away. Now, the rapture and the second coming of Christ, we'll talk about this this morning, are two separate things. The rapture is Christ coming for us. The second coming is Christ coming with us. So we will be snatched away. There will be a seven year tribulation. We will talk about that. And at the end of which, we will return with him and rule and reign with him on the earth for a thousand years. That's what the Bible teaches. Can I get an amen to that? Isn't it going to be good when God's on the throne here completely? Amen. No more elections. He already won. Can I get an amen? You can't vote Jesus Christ off the throne. He'll always be there, Amen. So we long for that. And then at the end, he says, "Comfort one another with these words." Now there are different positions on the tribulation. There, and again, there are other Christians who are our family, and you might be in these one of these camps, and that's okay. But there are some believe that we're going to go through the tribulation as Christians. There are some that believe we'll go halfway through the tribulation as Christians. And then there are those who read their Bibles who know that we're not going to be here. Can I get an amen? Because the reality is, again, if you disagree, it's okay. It's it's not a a salvation issue. But I believe after we look at the text this morning, you know, the Bible tells us that God has not appointed us to wrath. Can I get an amen? God does not pour out wrath on his children. Now, there are consequences for sin, and he does discipline us. But we're going to see in this morning's text that the wrath of God will be poured out upon the world after he snatches the church away and the Holy Spirit is removed, imagine the crisis we're going through right now if you took all the believers off the planet, and if you took the Holy Spirit out of here. Can I get an amen? And then 120-pound hailstones are falling from the sky, and a third of the world's population was dying in a single day. Guys, this is nothing like the tribulation, but it is birth pangs to what is coming. Now, the fact that he says, comfort one another with these words, if we were going to go through wrath, that wouldn't be very comfortable. Can I get an Amen hey, let me comfort you, bro. Don't worry about it. We're going to have seven years of just gnarly tribulation. Be comforted. That's not what the text says. He's comforting us because we know that before the wrath of God is poured out upon the world, we will be snatched away. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? So let's begin there looking at Jesus is coming again and again, live every day in light of his imminent return. I can't wait it doesn't it blow you away that you're gonna see jesus face to face one day i can't wait so I'm, I'm glad me and tim are excited about it we're gonna see jesus face face amen can't wait we're going to heaven we're new going to, we're new creations in christ guys it just doesn't get any better my 401k is heaven amen the only seven words i want to hear is well done thou good and faithful servant amen And so here he is, he's educating, he's reminding these, they only had three weeks with their pastor. They have a lot of questions. And one of the things they were concerned about, he'd already taught them about it, is the rapture of the church. So let's begin again, as I said in verse one there. But I want to say this too. You need to know, by way of background, that there are two judgments that take place. There's the great white throne judgment, where you and I, if you're a born-again Christian, you will not have to... Stand before that judgment, because that judgment has already been paid for. That price has been paid in full, amen? And then there's a beam seat judgment, that is the judgment of how faithful were we with the gifts God has given us. Now again, we're saved by grace, not of works that any man should boast, amen? But it's not faith or works or faith plus works, it's faith that works, amen? And so there should be works produced in our lives, and so there is judgment that is coming, but praise God if you're walking with the Lord you've been forgiven, you're going to heaven, and again, his return is imminent. So let's begin there in verse 13. Our unity with Jesus cannot be broken, and again, we must not be ignorant about the things that happen to us after we die. Look at what he says there. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Now, the question had come because they were concerned that when, he, when Paul taught them that Jesus could come back at any moment, they believed it. And then when time went on and people died, they were concerned that those people missed Jesus coming back, so maybe they missed heaven. And they were, there was some ignorance, some misunderstanding, and so Paul's going to clarify that in this morning's text. The Holy Spirit's going to clarify it through the Apostle Paul. Now, whenever you see in the Bible when he says, don't be ignorant, it's because they're ignorant. He's telling them, don't be ignorant about this. He knows they don't understand it. So far in Scripture, he's already said, don't be ignorant about God's plan for Israel. Romans 11. How many of you guys know that Israel is God's chosen people? Can I get an amen? And I'm pro Israel because God's pro Israel. Amen? And I love that we meet in a synagogue. If you didn't know, this is a synagogue. They used it on sundays. They invited us to live in their house and we've been meeting here since last december And praise god for it because you know what while there's blinders on the eyes of many of the jewish people They are still god's chosen people. God's not done with them yet There'll be 144,000 of them that will be witnesses during the great tribulation And you know what we should provoke them to jealousy with the love of christ and I pray that they see jesus in us Can I get an amen? So that's they're ignorant about that. They were also ignorant about spiritual gifts there's nothing new under the sun. Do you know that there are Christians that think all the spiritual gifts died with the apostles? Well, they certainly taught a lot about it for have it to not be exist anymore. Can I get an amen? But the reality is that the spiritual gifts do still exist today. We also saw, don't be ignorant about suffering and trials. We saw that in 2 Corinthians as well. And the reality is that as believers, we will, and also in 1 Thessalonians, uh, that we have talked about suffering. But as believers, we are not on a cruise ship to heaven We will go through trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. And now finally, he's telling them, don't be ignorant about the rapture and the second coming of Christ. So Paul has a heart of a pastor. He doesn't leave, uh, he doesn't want to see them wallow in ignorance. But instead, he wants to share the truth and help them to understand. So Paul has already talked to them about their past he's talked to them about how to live in the present, but now he's going to reveal their future. He says, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Asleep, in some parts of the Bible, is a euphemism for death. In this case, he's talking about those who have died. I don't want you to be Discouraged or ignorant or feel fearful or worried about those who have fallen asleep. During Paul's short time in Thessalonica, he had taught them of Christ's imminent return and his establishing of the kingdom on earth, a glorious truth and a blessed hope, one that these new believers again had grabbed a hold of and, and were anticipating every single day that maybe today is going to be the day. When was the last time you woke up and thought maybe today's the day that Jesus comes back? I was convicted. I haven't done that in a while. I think, I'm going to put it on my, I think I'm going to put it on my mirror when I'm shaving every morning. It could be today. Can I get an amen? I want to live every day in light of the fact that Jesus is coming back. So it was no doubt this faithful belief and anticipation that gave them the perspective they needed to stand fast. They knew they could stand fast in persecution because Jesus is coming back. They knew that they could make a stand for the Lord and they could endure difficulty because, well, Jesus is coming back. But what confused them was, what about the people who died? When we have an eternal perspective, the key to remaining faithful, it is the key to remaining faithful in the midst of temporary difficulty. You know what? A bunch of people in this fellowship and a bunch of people still watching on live stream are going through a really tough time right now. We got people in our church that have Long term illnesses. We have people in our church that have been going through great deals of pain. We have people in our church whose marriages are struggling. We have people in our church who have kids addicted to drugs and they're in rehab. We have people in our church who are struggling financially and don't have a job right now. And you know what? And I'm, I'm not downplaying any of that. Those are all trials that we go through. But here's the good news we don't have to go through any of those alone. Because the Lord is with us. Amen. And we serve a faithful God. And He is also Jehovah Jireh, Lord God, our provider. Amen. And he provides for us. He's a faithful God. But they were living in anticipation of his return, but Paul had been chased out of town. After three weeks, they were threatening his life, and they chased him out of town. And so these questions persisted. They were distraught. People had died. Maybe their, maybe their spouse died, or one of, their, one of their parents, a loved one. And they thought, wait a minute, if they died and the Lord comes back, then they missed it. What, what, what's happening? I'm worried about the ones who've gone before us. Now I want to say this asleep does not mean soul sleep it doesn't mean they went in the ground and they fell asleep they're talking about the term for death those whose bodies have fallen asleep by the way your body goes into the ground and your spirit goes to heaven can i get an amen if you've been to a funeral and with an open casket um that doesn't look like the person anymore can i get an amen it doesn't matter how good a job they do it's a simile of them but it's an empty tent amen The person who used to live there is not there anymore. Because guys, this is not what's eternal. It's who we are on the inside that's eternal. Amen? It's the spirit that the Lord breathed into us. It's interesting that early Christians called death sleep and they emphasized the idea of entering into rest. Because we do enter into his rest. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Yet the Bible never describes the death of an unbeliever as sleep. Now, guys, we grieve, but not as those without hope. And when we die, we enter into his rest. And there's no better place to be than in the presence of Almighty God. And so as Christians, we grieve, but not as those without hope. Because we know that even those who have died and gone before us, if they knew the Lord, that we will see them again. Amen? And more importantly, they are in the presence of our Savior. I'm envious of my father and my grandparents, who are all in heaven. My dad was a pastor for 60 years, as most of you know, and he was my best friend. And now he's in heaven. And I'm in the, you know, I miss him, but I'm glad that he's there. I'm thankful for him. Amen? It's selfish of me for me to want him to be here. So it's not soul sleep. Death is the only temporal tent that goes into the ground. Our souls are eternal and never, ever die. So again, Christians don't die. They just move to a much, much better neighborhood. Here's what it says in Ecclesiastes. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. It says in Genesis 3, God told Adam, for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. So the body sleeps and goes back to dust, rests in the ground, but the spirit and the soul is in the presence of Almighty God. So only the body dies, and only the body will be resurrected. So when he's talking about that resurrection of the bo- those are resurrection of the bodies that are in the ground and the souls meet them because when we when that happens we're going to be going into the millennial kingdom and we go into the millennial kingdom we're going to walk and rule and reign with the lord on the earth for a thousand years and we're not going to be in these bodies thank you jesus can i get an amen i'm still doing physical therapy i'm falling apart right right doug we're falling apart and the reality is that getting old is not for wimps amen And the older we get, the more we fall apart, and we're going to get to heaven one day, and we're going to have new bodies. And I can't wait. Looking forward to it. It says in 2 Corinthians, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. It says in Philippians chapter 1, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far, what? Far better. It's better. Heaven's better. Amen. I've said this many times, when we get to heaven, we are going to be blown away, amen? You're not going to get to heaven and go, oh, I thought it was going to be different, or I thought it was going to be, Well, that's not happening. We're going to be blown away, and when we see our Savior face to face, after we've spent a great deal of time on our face before him, we are going to be blown away about being in his presence. Can I get an Amen. And yet we live in a world right now where the focus is so much on this planet that we don't focus on heaven enough. And I've heard it said that some people are so heavenly minded they're no earthly good. I've never met that person. I mean, people that are so earthly minded they're no heavenly good, amen? So he's letting them know the people that have died, it's only their bodies that went into the ground and they're not dead. They're in the presence of the Lord and he wants them to encourage them to help them to understand that. Physical death, physically alive, both believers and again spiritually alive, both believers and unbelievers. To you know that every person that dies that's ever lived, their spirit is alive somewhere. And there's only two places. Luke sixteen, story of Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus was a beggar at the gates of the rich man. The rich man would go in and out of his out of his palace, his house, and he would throw him scraps once in a while. And in Luke 16, it tells us that they both die. And when they die, Lazarus was a follower of the Lord, and he entered into the presence of the Lord, into Abraham's bosom. That's what it was called before Jesus went to the cross, or paradise. Like Jesus said to the man on the, thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now the rich man we know, it says that he was in a place of eternal torment. And he looks across this great gulf, and he can see Lazarus on the other side, this man who was once a beggar. And he says, let him, can he dip... His finger in water and put a little bit on my tongue just to bring me some relief, and he was told by the Lord, no, he can't pass from here unto you. See, there's a gap between being in God's presence and being separated from Him, and what separates us is sin. Amen. Now, the only way you and I can be in the pres- how many sinners have we got in the room? Okay, if you're not, your hands on up, you're prideful and a sinner. Amen. But the reality is that sin separates us from God. Well, Jesus came and suffered and died to bridge the gap between. Sinful man and holy God, Amen. And we don't get to heaven by reaching up to Him. We get there because He reached down to us through the person of Jesus Christ, who suffered and died in our place, so we might have eternal life. He suffered as if He lived your life, so you could be rewarded as if you lived His. So here's Lazarus, and he's he's in heaven, he's in paradise, and the rich man is in hell. You know what the rich man says? Go back tell my family. Every time I do a funeral, I teach out of Luke 16. I've done I don't know. 150 funerals or so and whenever I do I teach out of Luke 16 because here's the reality Whether the person you loved is separated from God, which would be heartbreaking or is walking with the Lord The message to all of us would be exactly the same Jesus is real. Jesus is God. Jesus is the only way to heaven. We're all sinners. You need to repent If they're in hell, they'd say don't come here And if they're in heaven, they'd say this is the only place you want to be. Can I get an amen? So everybody who dies is eternal And it just matters where we spend eternity and has nothing to do with how good you are because there's none righteous, no, not one. It doesn't matter how many good works or great things you've done or how, how, how people think about you. That's irrelevant. It's what have you done with God's son? Amen? Do you know Jesus? Do you have an intimate relationship with him? So he says there at the end of that verse, verse 13, concerning those who have fallen asleep, he wants them to understand that they didn't miss the rapture that their bodies may be in the ground, but they're in the presence of the Lord. He says, "Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope." There are two types of sorrow conter- concerning death. The world sorrow has no hope. It's all over. I'll never see them again. Some of the funerals I've done where they're not Christians, I get out and ask, and there's a family member of somebody who knows the Lord, and we'll go. And I've seen people literally lay on top of the coffin. I've seen them when they drop that coffin into the ground, just lose their minds, because for them, I will never see this person again, and there is a sorrow and a grief that compares to nothing else on this planet, but as Christians, when we had my dad's memorial service, and hundreds of people showed up, and we celebrated his life, and we sang worship songs, you know why? Because we know where he is, amen? People come to me all the time and say, I feel sorry for your loss. My dad's not lost. I know exactly where he is. Can I get an amen? He's not lost. He's in heaven. Absent from the bottom. Now, look, we grieve, but not as those without hope. We grieve because we miss them, but we, got, but we have the hope to know that we are going to see them again. Amen? And that was the concern with these believers in Thessalonica. Well, my, my dad died. Am I ever going to see him again? Did he miss the rapture? So he's letting them know that, again, you don't have to have that kind of grief in your heart. Again, we grieve, but not as those without hope. We grieve for ourselves, that we've been left behind, we will miss them, but we rejoice for them, knowing that they are in the presence of Almighty God. And again, Christians don't die, we just move to a far better neighborhood, amen? And it's not goodbye, it's see you soon. I often tell people, I said, whenever I think about someone who... You know, I'm trying to describe it to a child or something. I said, imagine somebody going on a really long vacation to a pretty awesome place. Can I get an amen? But we will join them there one day. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Now, he's talking about their bodies being in the ground, but he's also talking about those who have died in Christ. And he says there, if you've believed in the Lord... The Lord will bring with him. So when he comes back to earth, he's going to bring all believers with him. So when we, when we close our eyes on earth, we open them up in glory. We're in the presence of Almighty God. And when we come back, we come with him and he will give us resurrected uh, bodies for the thousand years that we're on this earth. And we will rule and reign with him. And a lot of, we don't know for sure what those bodies will be like. A lot of people believe it'll be like the body Jesus had when he rose from the dead. They could still recognize him, but he was walking through doors. Can I get an amen? So the, I don't know what that body's going to be like, but it's going to be one that cannot die and cannot get sick. Amen? And so he's letting them know that they didn't miss it, that God's, God had a plan for them. So the rapture is him coming for us, and second coming, it's him coming with us. Know that just as Jesus triumphed over sin and death, so too will we who are with him. And again, he'll bring us with him, the Christians who have died, who sleep in Jesus, who are with the Lord right now. They're absent from the body. They're in his presence. Of all the glorious blessings of heaven, again, we've lost this temporal tent. We're moving into our heavenly mansions. By the way, there's some debate about that. The Bible says that God went away to prepare a place for us. In the word, there is an abode for us. And it could be that he's preparing mansions for us in heaven. But some people believe, and I kind of tend to lean this way, only God knows for sure, The abode he's talking about is the heavenly body he's going to give us. Because I don't think I'm going to be going home if I could hang out with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Oh, I'm going to go home. Yeah. And you know, your mansion's on Hallelujah Avenue and Glory Boulevard. Just go down there. And you can go hang out down there. And then just come back for the worship session later. I don't know. We'll find out when we get to heaven. All I know, heaven's going to be better. Amen? And I'm really glad I'm going there. You know what's great about heaven? No more pain, no more death no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more, no more growing weary or tired. You know, in heaven, gold is asphalt. And we're not even going to be blown away by the gold asphalt because we're going to be so focused on Jesus, it's going to be like, like asphalt is here. Can I get an amen? In heaven, creation untouched by sin, in presence of Almighty God. Guys, this is where our focus needs to be. We need to be heavenly minded, and if we are, we'll have a big impact on the world as glorious and wonderful as it will all be the most glorious thing about all of it is not the no more pain no more death no more sorrow no more suffering no not being weary it's seeing jesus face to face we're going to hug jesus get in line behind me can i get an amen we're going to see the lord we're going to see our savior face to face by the way the difference between christianity and every other religion we don't believe we don't have a religion we have a relationship but all the other gods are dead can i get an amen buddha's dead hari krishna's dead charles taze russell founders of mormonism joseph smith they're all dead we can dig up their bones i've been to the tomb it's empty we serve a risen and living savior who has triumphed over sin and death what a blessing what a glory! what a glorious thing to know looking forward i'm glad i'm not keeping this body how about you i'm looking for an upgrade i'm gonna have hair in heaven thank you jesus amen So point number one there, as we continue on, look at verse 15, our unity with Jesus cannot be broken by death. So here's what he says in verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. He's saying, look, they still believe it could happen any minute. And he said, I just want you to know that those of us who are on earth when the rapture takes place are not going to get to Jesus before the people who have fallen asleep. They're already there amen we're not going to precede them to heaven and hope that the others make it they close their eyes on earth they open them up in glory their presence of almighty god isn't it good to know that you will never be separated from the lord not even in death can i get an amen when we die we'll be closer to him than we are now amen we'll see him face to face we'll be in his presence Paul's delivering the clearly defined word of God. I love when he says that. By the word of the Lord. Who cares what anybody thinks, but what does the word of God say? Amen? And by the word of the Lord, we have that promise. You know, we have people right now that are, are people kind of consumed with death a little bit? Can I get an amen? You got shows about people trying to, oh, I'm channeling your great-grandmother. No, they're not. That's a lie of the devil. Can I get an amen? It's is not true. Uh, they're either complete and total phonies just ripping people off or they're of the devil when when the when the better of the two is being a thief You don't want to be around those people. Can I get an amen? We want to pray for their salvation. Amen i there are people that say well, can we go talk to the dead? No, first of all, if I'm in heaven, I'm not talking to you <laughs> I'm too focused on Jesus. Can I get an amen? And there's no more pain or sorrow in heaven So I know they're not looking down on the earth because they'd all be weeping if they were looking at this place Can I get an amen to that? So once we get to heaven, that's going to be home. And we'll, you know, we'll see you soon when you get here. But you don't pray to dead relatives. We don't pray to dead apostles. We don't pray to dead people because they can't hear you. There's one mediator between God and man, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We pray to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's letting them know. He's encouraging them. And the pagan world then and now seeks answers to these questions of life. They consult philosophers and spiritists and scientists. They attempt to contact spirits again on the other side. All in hopes of finding out a clue to the mystery of life after death. Guess what? I've got the teacher's edition of what happens at life after death and it's right here. And if you want to know what happens when you close your eyes on earth, This is 66 books written by 40 authors on three continents and three languages over 1,500 years with one central theme and no contradictions. And that's only possible because God wrote it. Can I get an amen? It's been said that B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. This will direct your life. This will give us understanding about what happens after we die. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. And the worst thing the world can do to me is the best thing that could happen to me. Shoot me dead and I'll, I'll close. Uh, you can't threaten me with heaven. Well, the only reason the apostle Paul got stoned to death at Lister and went right back, got raised from the dead, went right back in the city. Dude, I've seen heaven. It's better. Throw some rocks. I'm right here. I won't even move, right? And the reality is as Christians, we, we need to be so, focus, so much more focused on the things above. Set your mind on things above instead of things of the earth. It says in Colossians chapter three, verse two, and he's letting them know that we're not going to get there before your loved ones. They're already there. So if you have people that knew the Lord, they're in heaven right now. As Christians, again, we don't, you know, we don't have to you know, have questions about or speculate from a human perspective, but truth and answers are based on the word of God, and we don't think so or hope so, we know so. Can I get an amen? How many of you know for sure that when you close your eyes on earth, you're going to open them up in heaven? Raise your hand. If you don't know for sure, don't leave here without knowing for sure. Amen. The says today is the day of salvation. And it's not because we're good, but because he's good. It's because of his grace. Again, we know the truth. We have the promise of eternal life. And we who are alive and remain until the coming of our Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. We, Paul, is sharing in the imminent expectancy of Christ's return and the rapture of the church. I was talking to uh, a couple of people in the last week or so that were saying, well, maybe I, maybe I believe we're in the middle of the tribulation. Or maybe we're, let's talk about the tribulation. Let's talk about the rapture of the church. So point number two there is, Jesus is coming for us. So what's that going to look like? For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. Amen. Now, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Now, Jesus is not going to come physically to the earth, but He's going to call us up to heaven. He's going to, and He's going to do it with a shout. And it says, The trumpet of God. Now, there are three major positions on the tribulation, and here's why there are multiple positions. It's the misunderstanding of verse 16. He says, with the trumpet of God. Now, if you've read Revelation, there are bold judgments, and then there's the trumpet judgments, right? The wrath of God being poured out. And so what they say is, well, the trumpet of God is the same seventh trumpet, the last trumpet, is the trumpet of tribulation. So that means Jesus will come back, according to this verse, at the end of all that wrath that God's poured out upon the earth. The problem with that is that the trumpets being blown by the, in, in Revelation are by angels, and this one's blown by Jesus. It's not the same thing. Can I get an amen? And when you look at all of Scripture, you will recognize that Jesus continues to say that we should look forward to it. We should be looking up. It's something we should be excited about. We can comfort each other with these words. By the way, if you don't believe in a pre-tribulational rapture, then Jesus can't come today. Amen? Why not? Well, we'd have to have some of the judgments poured out. We'd have to see the rise of the Antichrist. Here's a major reason I believe pre-trib, along with everything in Scripture, is because I'm looking for Jesus, and if you're not pre-trib, you're looking for Satan. I don't want to be looking for the Antichrist. I want to be looking for Jesus. Can I get an amen? And biblically, that's what is being grounded here So the the voice of an archangel, Christ will come personally accompanied by prominent angels. The trumpet of God is used to bring God's people together. They would blow the trumpet to gather God's people together. Isn't that perfect for right here? The trumpet is blown. All of God's people are gathered together from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Amen? By the way, man looks on the outward appearance and God looks on the heart. Amen? When we get to heaven, there's not going to be Republicans and Democrats. There's not going to be Americans and, you know, people from England. They're not going to have different colored skin or different background. We're all going to be one in Christ, amen? We're all one in Him. We're new creations in the Lord, and praise God for that. Now, the dead in Christ will rise. They'll receive their resurrected bodies before those who are still alive. How's that going to work? I'm not sure, but what's going to happen is they're going to be some people. They're going, to get, they're going to have their resurrected bodies, and then we will be like them. They will precede us in that. Some believe it's a reference to the body they already had when they went to heaven. Could be that when they went to heaven, they already had that body. When they come back at the second coming, they're going to come back in that same body on the earth. In either case, their, their concern for the dead is something they don't need to worry about if, we know, if they know the Lord. Missing the resurrection, the coming of Christ, nothing they should worry about, nothing we should worry about. Now, how quickly is the rapture going to take place? going to be over a progress of time some people are saying well maybe you know the vaccine and the okay again i get it but let me just say this the bible tells us in first corinthians in a moment in a twinkling of an eye how, how how quick is that the word there is is an indivisible point of time it's such a small amount of time it can't be measured and in a twinkling of an eye we're going to go from being here to being there can i get an amen we're going to disappear off the face of the earth. We're going to be snatched away. Now, some people don't like the fact that the word rapture, they'll say, the word rapture is nowhere in the Bible. Well, if you read there in verse 17, it says caught up. The word there for caught up is, in, in Latin, it's, it's rapturo, or raptual, And that's where we get the word rapture. So if you don't want to call it the rapture, you can call it the caught up. It all works. Can I get an amen? I'm praying for the caught up. I'm praying for the rapture of the church. I'm looking forward to it. So here's the first reference to the hope of the rapture. Rather than everybody dying, some will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. So again, what is the rapture? Let's go through this. While we take a more in-depth look in the next several weeks, what is the rapture? Again, let me read verse 16 and 17. We'll go through this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. Again, the Greek word there for caught up is harpazo, in Latin it's rapto, where we get the word rapture. And the word there means to seize, to carry away by force. So the rapture is the snatching away of every believer upon the earth, all of whom will be changed in a moment without going through the death process at all. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Can I get an amen? So the rapture and the second coming of Christ, we need to know, are two separate events. So the rapture is Christ coming for us. Then there's a seven-year tribulation period. It's talked about in Daniel, and it's certainly talked about in the book of Revelation. And there's a seven-year period where the people who convert to Christianity, most of them will be martyred. People will still be getting saved. There'll be two witnesses I believe it's going to be Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, but whoever it is. And it says the whole world will see these two witnesses struck down dead and see them raised from the dead. A hundred years ago, people mocked that. That's not a problem anymore. Can I get an amen? Got cell phones, amen? You'll be able to see someone die in Israel and raised from the dead immediately. And so it tells us that. It's also talked about 144,000, 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Israel who will be witnesses to the Lord. And most of them, when they give their life to the Lord, they're going to, have, they're, going to, they're going to lose their life. They're going to have to take the mark of the beast. It's interesting, on their wrist and on their forehead. And the only way they'll be able to buy and sell is the mark of the beast. And it's interesting, where do they put those chips? Where are they put the chips right now? On your wrist and on your forehead, why? Because that's where the skin is thinnest. And, with, and again, I'm not saying that taking that chip is the mark of the beast, because I don't think we're going to be here when the mark of the beast comes. Can I get an amen? But that being said, the technology is already here. Can I get an amen to that? It's already here. And you can take, and you know, there will be a point where you won't have to have a wallet anymore. You'll just walk, you can get your groceries and walk out the front door, and it'll just automatically find the chip on your body and, and take the money out of your account. And again, I remember the first time when I was a younger man, when I saw them booping, you know, boop, boop. And I looked down, I thought, uh-oh. Because it's hard to realize that we may, we're just going to come a day when we don't need money. Guys, it's all in the Bible. God wrote about thousands of years before it happened. Can I get an amen? So we're getting closer to that time. So the rapture is getting caught up. It says in the Bible, like a thief in the night, two will be walking, one will be snatched away, and one will be left behind. And that's what's going to happen in the world. There's going to be people just disappear. How the world's going to explode, they'll probably say aliens took, who knows. I won't, I'm not worried about it because I won't be here. Can I get an Amen. At the second coming, it says, Behold, he comes in the clouds, and every eye will see him, and they, will also be, they, all, they also who pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. When the rapture of the church takes place, it will be something that's done in an invisible way, in a lot of ways. People will just disappear. When Jesus Christ comes back, everybody's going to know it. Can I get an amen? At the second coming, we will all know it. By the way, when people say, yeah, you know, jesus was supposedly in brooklyn a few years ago and there's people you know guy down in florida that said he was jesus and both of those guys died so i guess not can i get an amen but when jesus comes back it won't be in secret everyone will see it can i get an amen so it's important for us to know that now jesus spoke of the rapture as being something that could occur at any time watch and be ready for in such an hour as you think not the son of man will come that's matthew twenty-two forty-four. In the parable of the virgins, five of them were ready. They had oil in their lamps, and they were waiting for the groom. And five of them didn't have oil in their lamps, and they were unready, and they missed it when the groom came. And when they tried to come to the wedding feast, the door was shut behind them. And the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And if you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit, you will not miss the, the, wedding, right? the wedding between us and the groom. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're going to be left behind. There will still be an opportunity to be saved. So, in pre trib, the rapture can come at any moment. You need to be looking for Christ. Mid or post trib, Christ cannot come yet, and you're looking for the Antichrist. And again, it's not a salvation issue. If you believe in one of those, you can. Uh, I don't see it personally from Scripture. Colossians 3 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we also will appear with him in glory in jude 14 it says he will come with ten thousands of his saints and zechariah says and his feet shall stand that day upon the mount of olives and the mount will be split in two his enemies will be destroyed satan will be held captive for a thousand years and jesus will rule and reign upon the earth and we will rule and reign with them thank you lord amen so the rapture comes first seven years of tribulation and then the second coming of christ so when does the rapture take place? It says, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound. There will be those who believe the church, again, go through the tribulation because they believe, they, they read the seven trumpet judgments found in Revelation. So listing that last trumpet with the seven trumpet of Revelation, as God pours out his wrath upon the earth, the seventh one being the last. So here's, here, let me give you the seven trumpet judgments and tell me whether or not you want to hang out for these. Ready? it's found in Revelation. First one, all the vegetation, will, a third of the world's vegetation will be burned up. Second trumpet, a third of the seas will become blood. The third trumpet, water will be turned bitter. The fourth trumpet, a third of the sun, the moon, the stars will be darkened in the sky. The fifth trumpet, locusts will, will come out and sting and torment. Men will desire to die, but they won't be able to. The sixth trumpet, a third of, the world, of mankind on the planet will all die in a single day. There will be fire, smoke, and brimstone, three plagues that will destroy one-third of mankind, and all of that before the last trumpet. Does that sound like something that we would be comforting each other with? Hey, be comforted. A third of the world's population is going to die in a single day. Hey, be comforted. The, the, the stars are going to be blotted out of the sky. Hey, be comforted. All the water is going to turn bitter. No, that doesn't make you comfortable. You're not going to be comforted by that. But the word of God tells us those things will happen again before that seventh trumpet. But it's not the trump of God. These are trumpets of angels. It says that back again in, uh, throughout the Bible. So scripture is very clear that God has no appointed, not appointed his children unto wrath. Romans 5. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The Lord allows trials to come in our life to mold us more into his image. Satan tempts us, and that is either an opportunity to grow or an opportunity to fall. But God does not pour out his wrath upon us, and we see it throughout Scripture. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? What happened? God wiped out. God brought fire upon the city and wiped it out. But do you remember there was somebody living in Sodom and Gomorrah, a prophet of God, a man, what was his name? Lot. Now, do you remember that righteous Lot... Kept going to the Lord and saying well if I can find 50 if I can find 100 if I can find 50 if I can find 40 if I can find 30 if I can find 20 if I can find 10 will you spare Sodom and Gomorrah and the Lord even said to Lot if you can find 10 I'll spare the whole city God would withhold pouring out the wrath on Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of 10 believers I know it seems sometimes that that's about how many we have on the planet today but we got a lot more than that can I get an amen So he's not gonna pour out wrath upon his own children. It wasn't until Lot was removed that the wrath of God fell, amen? And it's not until the believers are removed from the earth until the wrath of God will fall upon the earth. Now, we should have a burden for everybody who doesn't know the Lord, because my prayer is not one of you would be here for the wrath of God being poured out. Can I get an amen to that? And we don't want to see anybody go through that. And it should give us a sense of urgency to point them to the Lord. It says in First Thessalonians, the next chapter, we'll see it next week. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans one says, for the wrath of God is revealed against the un- against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. God has not appointed us to wrath. While the world hates us, in the world we will have tribulation. But again, that source of tribulation is Satan and not the Lord. Again, he is the one that brings it against us. Sodom and Gomorrah was a wicked, vile city, and God spared that entire city until uh, the righteous were removed. What about Enoch? Guys, you know who Enoch is? Enoch was at the time of Noah. And Enoch walked with God, had a relationship with God. You know what blows me away about that? No Bible had been written yet. And he still had a relationship with God. Guys, we're the most accountable of all people. We've We've got. bible we've got christian radio we've got live stream we've got commentaries and we are we are of all people without excuse for not turning our lives over to the lord can i get an amen but enoch walked with god and what's interesting is god brought the flood and noah and the his family were delivered through it after 120 years of building the boat and everybody mocking him he continued to build it and god brought noah and his family through the tribulation But he took Enoch out before he poured out his wrath upon the world. Now, a lot have said that that Noah and his family are a picture of the people that get saved during the tribulation. That are delivered through it. And Enoch is a picture of Christians who got snatched away before God's wrath is poured out. Now, here's here's the best one of all of them. Here's why I believe clearly that we're pre-trib. All the other stuff has already proven it. But here we go. The book of Revelation. Chapter 1. It's about things you've seen. Glorious description of Jesus in his glorified state. Chapters 2 and 3 mention the church 41 times. And it's a message to the seven churches. And at the end of chapter 3, John, who is the author, is told to come up here. Come up here. And some picture of the rapture. And now he writes the rest of the book of Revelation from a, a heavenly overview. That's what he's seen. Now, what's interesting is, 41 times the church is in chapter 2 and chapter 3, and you don't see it mentioned again, because the church is gone. Can I get an amen? You don't see the church again. All the wrath that's being poured out, you see people getting saved, you see, you see people that are being martyred for their faith, but the church has disappeared. The church is gone. And you know when you see the church come back? When Jesus comes back with the church at the end of the book. By the way, I've read the end of the book. God wins. Amen. And we're going to be snatched away if we don't die first. We're going to be with him in heaven. After the seven-year tribulation is over, we come back with the Lord, and we will rule and reign with him upon the earth for a thousand years. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? It's interesting, the seven churches that he talks to were those that were, had left their first love. He was warning them. The ones who were suffering, those who... Uh, were worshiping Mary, those churches that were dead, churches that were not staying true to the word of God and those that were lukewarm. And he's exhorting them and preparing them that after these things, I looked up and behold a door standing open in heaven. That was what it says in John 4 verse 1. And the first voice I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you the things which must happen after this. There's that trumpet again, but I believe this points to the real trumpet, the one that will take place at the rapture of the church. In Luke 21, Jesus talking about the great tribulation says, pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all the things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. He said, look, pray that you're worthy. You don't have to be, have to be a part of the tribulation. So if you give your life to the Lord, the great tribulation, you won't be a part of it. In Second Thessalonians 2, it speaks of the Holy Spirit within the church as the restraining force that is holding back the power of darkness from completely engulfing and overwhelming the world right now. The moment the church is removed, there will be nothing to hold back the power of darkness. Can I get an amen? A lot of us may feel that way about the election in November, amen? But the reality is that right now, because of the Holy Spirit, much, it's hard to imagine, there's way more evil that could be taking place if the Holy Spirit was not here holding it back. Can I get an amen to that? And praise God that the Lord is still here and with us and in us. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken away, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7. So God has not appointed us to wrath. His, his return for you and I, the rapture, can come at any time. It can come right now. I, I miss the 70s. I'm old enough to remember them. But I miss the 70s and late 60s because people used to say, Maranatha! Amen? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. You used to greet each other with Maranatha! Come, you know, we want the Lord to come quickly. We're looking forward to him coming back and taking us home. Guys, I know that a lot of us, there's things that we want to do on this planet and we don't want the Lord to, there's some of us who say, well, I, you know, I want to get my college degree before I go to heaven. I need to have some grandbabies before I go to heaven. And there's things that are not, not necessarily wrong, but when you get to heaven, you're going to go, really? I wanted a college degree to miss out on this. Can I get an amen? Guys, heaven is better than what God has for us right now counts for eternity. If you know the Lord, praise God for the rapture. If you know the Lord, the rapture is the beginning of the most brutal years of judgment in all of human history. Now, it says there at the end of that verse, we will always be with the Lord. Do you know, as Christians, as soon as you give your life to Jesus, you are with the Lord now. Can I get an amen? Holy Spirit came from being out here to being in here. And now the Spirit lives with you and He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's written your name in the Lamb's book of life. He's adopted you into His family. We're children of the King, and He will never disown you. Thank you, Lord. No one can ever snatch us out of His hand. Can I get an amen? Praise God for that. But do you know what? As much as we are with Him here, we're going to be with Him even more when we get there. Can I get an amen? Because right now, the sin in our lives and things that we do can, can cause issues in our relationship with God. When we get to heaven, there's going to be no more sin. There's going to be no more barriers of any kind between us and the Lord. And again, we've been born again, we've been forgiven, we're we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're new creations in Christ, he sees us as holy, but there's a day coming when we'll be in his presence forevermore. You know, as we grow spiritually, we should not only look for, but long for Christ calling us home. Not just look for it, but long for it. When was the last time you prayed, come quickly, Lord Jesus? And again, I get it. There's things that we think we want. And, there, and look, here's a real reason that we want the Lord to wait. If we have people we love that aren't saved. Can I get an amen to that? We have people that we love, we want to see them saved, but that should give us a sense of urgency. Every believer this side of heaven should be burdened for every unbeliever this side of hell. It should be our passion and our burden to see people come to know Christ. Amen? So point number two there, Jesus is coming. The rapture is the snatching away of every Christian on earth. Then the seven-year tribulation And then at the end of the second coming. 2 Thessalonians is going to focus a lot on the second coming of Christ. So the rapture is him coming for us. The second coming is him coming with us. Finally, last verse. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, we talked about all those judgments. We didn't even talk about the vile judgments and all the other judgments that are going to be poured out. Bold judgments. We we didn't even talk about all those. But here's what I want you to know is that all those judgments, all those things that will take place, we won't be here. But we should be burdened for those who will. Can I get an amen? amen. But we can comfort each other in knowing that once we gave our life to the Lord, he no long, He's not going to pour wrath out upon us. He will allow us to go through tribulation. He allows temptation to come to, to us. That's only for our growth spiritually, but He will never pour out His wrath upon us. Again, it wouldn't be too comforting if we looked at all those judgments in the book of Revelation and, sa- and thought we were going to all go through them. You know what? It says, we will be with him always, comfort one another with these words. The fact that we were born again should be, is the most important thing and nothing else is even close. Can I get an amen? The fact that you've given your life to Jesus Christ and your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and your sins have been forgiven, there's nothing more important and again, it should impact how we do everything. You talked in the previous chapter that the, the Christians should work hard. Christians should live lives of, of of quietness. Don't be a busybody. You said we should love people supernaturally. You've heard my six word philosophy of ministry. It's preach the word and love the people. Can I get an amen? So what we want to do is we want to share the word of God, do it in love, and we want to love people unconditionally. So quickly, one more time. The rapture is the snatching away of Christians before the great tribulation. Then there will be a seven-year tribulation period. Just see, just a couple of things. One of the things that will take place is there will be the Antichrist. And what's going to happen is the world is going to be in turmoil, and the Antichrist is going to come up with a solution that's going to unite the whole world together. Now, it used to be harder to think about that, but imagine if somebody came out tomorrow a guy invented uh, a, a vaccine, maybe not even a vaccine, a drink of water, whatever, that would take away this disease and you could never get it again. Do you think people would kind of line up behind that guy a little bit? Imagine if there's much greater tribulation taking place. What if the whole world is starving and then someone figures out how to grow food? So what's going to happen is the Antichrist is going to be a man, the Bible says he'll be very charismatic, It says at one point he's going to die and raise from the dead. And what's going to happen is all the world's religions and all the nations are going to line up behind him. And three and a half years during, into the tribulation, he's going to go into the temple that will have been rebuilt in Jerusalem. And he is going to, it's called the abomination of desolation. He's going to, he's going to make a, an ungodly sacrifice. And they're all going to finally realize that he's the Antichrist. And he's not the true savior of the world. And so here, that's all going to take place. Good news is we're in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Then that last three and a half years, the judgments come in a hurry. And then there will be a point when all the world will come, they're all going to come together to fight Israel. Isn't it amazing that Israel is the size of New Jersey and it is the focal point of the world? Can I get an amen? And the Bible told us 2,000 years ago, that, that all the nations around them, you know, talks about all these nations coming down upon Israel and attacking Israel. Russia's gonna be a part of attacking Israel. Uh, Turkey, uh, Egypt, all these countries, Jordan, all these countries surround them. Every, can you imagine living in Calabasas and your, and, and your biggest enemy lives in Agora? And they wanna throw bombs at you? That's Israel, amen? Because if you go to Israel, everybody around them wants them dead. You know who their only allies are, really, on this planet? American Christians, Amen? When you go to Israel and you walk through town, are you American Christians? Come on, hug you. You're American Christians, the only friends we have. And that's what the rabbi said here. He said, look, if we ever needed someone to stand with us, I tell my congregation all the time, it's the American Christians. They will open the door, invite us in, lock the door behind us, and stand arm in arm with us. And you know what? We will, because that's God's plan. Can I get an amen? amen. So the rapture of the church, the Lord coming for us, and the twinkling of an eye, will all disappear if we know the Lord. By the way, if you come to church next week and nobody's here, and they say aliens did it, we have rapture-proofed our website. Go to the website and re-watch this message. Can I get an amen? Because the reality is. But here's the deal. So we're gone. There's seven years of tribulation. There will be people who get saved. Those who get saved, most of them will will, will give up their lives. But there will be people who make it through the tribulation. We will come back and rule and reign with them for a thousand years, and the world will be repopulated during that thousand-year period, and Satan will be chained. At the end of that thousand years, Satan will be let loose, and those who have been born during that time, many of them will align themselves with Satan after a thousand years of being on the earth with Jesus in charge. Is that tragic or what? But it just goes to show you that, again, God gives us free will, and we all have to make a choice as to what we're going to do with the Lord. So, I hope, I know that I threw a lot at you in a short amount of time, but I really hope that you better understand the rapture of the church. Christ coming for us, and the second coming is Christ coming with us. Amen? Now, I want to say this. If you're here this morning and you've given, never given your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved to the glory of the Father. Going to church doesn't save you. Having Christian parents doesn't save you. God has no grandchildren. When we stand before Almighty God, if you don't know Him, it's going to be you and Him. And it's all about what you've done with God's Son. And so the Bible says if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in Heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in Heaven. And if you're here and you've never given your life to the Lord, You may may have gone to church your whole life. You may know about the Lord, but do you have a relationship with him? Is Jesus Christ your best friend? Has the spirit of living God come to live inside of you? That hasn't happened. Let today be the day of salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love and your grace and your infinite mercy. We thank you for the promises we find in your word, that in this world we will have tribulation but we can be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. And we thank you, Lord, that you're coming for us. And Lord, we want to live for you until the day, until the time you get here. We want to be in the center of your will. We want to be used mightily for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, I pray if there's anybody in this room right now that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. If you're here and you know you're a sinner and you've never said, Lord, please forgive me. You've never made the conscious decision to repent, which means to change your mind, to turn away from the person that you are now and to surrender your life fully to the Lord. If you confess him now, we're not asking you to join a church. We're not gonna you know, put you on a roll and chase you down. We just wanna give you an opportunity right now to say publicly, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you hung on a cross for me. Will you please forgive me? If that's your desire right now, I want you to just raise your hand right where you are and I want to pray with you. You can know for sure that you're going to heaven, that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, that your sins are forgiven, anybody at all. Don't worry about anybody else. Today, let today be the day of salvation, anybody at all. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we love you, Lord. You are indeed a great and awesome God. I know that this morning, this was a lot of information, but I pray we leave here looking up in anticipation You can come back in any moment. Praying, Lord, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Not just looking for you, but longing for your return. And Lord, we pray for our country. We pray for this world right now. Lord, bring us to our knees. Bring us to a place where we cry out to you. Give us an opportunity to be salt and light to a lost and a dying world. Lord, we ask all these things in your holy and your precious name, we pray. And all God's people said,